I'm Jody White, also in Dayton, Tennessee. I'm joined by Kyle Wood. Yeah, what's up? Well, uh, not not a not a whole lot other than we got this tournament going on. Yeah, there's kind of a little derby about to happen. FLW tour event should be a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, gonna be some ten pounders. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be some hogs for sure. Uh, I guess I don't know if we have any banter or not. Maybe we'll banter a little bit. But it'll come, yeah. Yeah. As far as the agenda for this week, I talked with Zach Burge. You mm-hmm. talked with uh, Andy Morgan. The man himself. Yeah. Both those guys, pretty good. Andy Morgan, real good. Yep. Um, so we got a little bit of Chickamauga preview interview action there. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about James River. We'll talk a little bit about Chickamauga. We'll talk rules, and then we'll be out of here. So it'll be kind of mm-hmm. short and sweet. Uh, we got to go get some dinner. We got some stuff to do. Um, in the meantime, Kyle, I guess before we dig into all of that, uh, what's what's going on with you? You've been down here for a little while. Have you done any fishing recently? Uh, what, what's um, the deal? I guess since we talked last uh, last Friday, I got out, left work a little early, went uh, fishing a little lake by my house, caught a few fish. They're on bluegill beds or on the bluegill bed pattern. Probably caught six or seven fish in a couple hours. Nothing too stellar. Caught a four pounder, but that was it. Otherwise, I I packed up. And, uh, I mean, got down here on Monday, been at it ever since. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, um, let's see. I guess as for me, what I do, uh, I fished the tournament on Saturday. Wasn't really planning on fishing it. <laughs> I was just going to probably, you know, go fishing a little bit, maybe go to Bass Fest, maybe go flipping Barkley some. You know, I had, yep. like, no real plan, but a friend of Jesse's was down there to fish a tournament on Saturday. His boat broke down. So we went and kind of scouted on Friday, fished together on Saturday, caught like 10 pounds, did terrible. Why didn't Jesse fish? Uh, well, Jesse had his whole family in town. Oh. Also, I think either Saturday or Sunday was his anniversary, so he wasn't really in a going fishing deal I gotcha. on that particular time. I gotcha. <laughs> um, so, you know, it was uh, his family, by the way, brought Cheerwine, because they know how much I love Cheerwine. Oh, baby. Uh, I forgot to bring it. Oh. So... We're not. I had Jesse bring it, but then it's in his car still, and it's hot. So. It's really hot. Yeah, you don't want that. Not a good deal right now. But no. in the future, good potential cheer wine will definitely make it happen at the Potomac. Good to know. Oh, yeah, for sure. We can stock up then. Yeah. Uh, instead, I got a cup of water here from the hotel. You got a uh, Cherry Fanta? You got a Cherry Fanta. Not bad. And about the only reason I got it is because I kind of had a hankering for some cheer wine. But it'll do. All right. I guess a couple takeaways from my fishing over the you know last several days and the weekend and whatnot. I really like going over to Barkley to flip. <laughs> um, I can see why Jay Ellis does it. It's just kind of a cool place to. It's a cool little place to fish. There's some really nice bushes and stuff. There's a lot of good looking shallow cover. I I dig it there. Also, um, you know, so when you catch fish out of deep water, you got to fizz them, right? Mm-hmm. You know how to fizz fish. Yeah, I do. Okay. I don't know how to do it. I try to avoid fi- fishing that deep. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to do that in Kentucky Lake. I've been I've been finding some good schools out in 20, 
30 feet of water. But I found instead of fizzing them, what you can do is you put little clips. Yeah, on, on their, their fins. On, on their, their fins. fins. Yeah. That works really well. Because mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't think it like actually sinks them. You know, I don't think it actually makes their air bladders deflate. Mm -mm. But it keeps them stable. Yes. So that they don't struggle and they're way healthier when you let them go. Mm -hmm. So I, I learned a little thing about fish care, which I needed to learn. Now, see, I want to say I can fizz fish, but I usually try not to. See, you know, I'll, never... I'll clip I'll clip weights on their fins all day long, and let them hang out in the live hole for a while before yeah. letting them go back. I, I fizzed one fish once. Um, you know, did it I did die? the no, I did like <laughs> oh, okay. the needle through the uh, through the mouth deal, mm. which I know is like that's kind of the suboptimal way to do it. You should do like the little county scale deal or whatever. Yep. Um, but so I did that. It didn't die. It survived, but I'm not. You know, I don't feel great about fizzing fish. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I'd I'd way rather. What I'd really rather do is catch them about four feet deep yep. and not worry <laughs> not about not it. Not even a care. Uh, which is why it's nice to go over to Barkley because you don't have to worry about fish care there because yeah. it's hot, but those fish are used to it. You throw them in the live well with a little G-juice there, good to go. Mm -hmm. Which, as a side note, G-juice, I'm impressed. I haven't used any yet. I used it over the weekend. Um, I think it did a good job. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, that said, let's go ahead and we'll play these interviews, yep. and then we'll come back and we'll talk about some stuff. And now we're joined by, he's going to be the rookie of the year, <laughs> pretty much. Zach Burge, he's, I think, fourth right now in the AOI race, so right there. I, I guess, Zach, my first question, I think we were all kind of impressed after you won the uh, Rayback Championship. We're like, okay, this could be something. And then we were impressed, you know, going through Smith Lake. It's like, man, this guy's good. How did you get this good? Because... I don't think anyone had any idea that you'd be contending for an AOI your first year on tour. <laughs> I don't know, honestly. Um, streak of luck, maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure. You know, I've, I've just had a really good stretch of confidence and you know momentum with me, so I'm trying to ride it out as long as I can. All right. Um, Chickamauga, have, had you been here before at all? Have you... Not really. I came for basically a day and a half before the smith lake event okay so and it was completely opposite i mean it was early spring most fish were shallow <clears throat> so i basically did a lot of looking around then it didn't pay off because uh, i've been looking for three more days and everything that i thought would look great hasn't <laughs> been so great <laughs> have so, you found some stuff that looks good though i found some stuff that looks great I mean, traditionally, it should be perfect, and it's 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 like they're kind of scattered out, pressured. Um, it's kind of funky to me. Okay, for, so for your practice for this, did you kind of put all your eggs in the offshore basket, or did you uh, look around shallower for you know grass fish, dock fish, anything like that? Basically, I put everything into offshore. Um, I'm probably not going to fish offshore. I fished shallow, and I caught some a few really good fish, and then I fished some docks. Not the docks that everybody would think they would fish, um, some different stuff, and I caught some good fish doing that. So I'm, I'm going right. to try to go for consistency here and not, not fish in the wind. 
All right. Well, I, I like it. And I heard a couple people say that, you know, every time you come here in, uh, in you know, in June, and as this lake gets more and more pressure, it's still got some really good fish in it. It's good offshore, but the chances get higher and higher every year that it's going to be one shallow or doing something else just because it gets crowded out on the ledges. And, you know, there's good grass in this lake. There's obviously big fish like grass. So there's there's sort of that opportunity, more than you might have on Kentucky Lake this time of year, to catch them shallow. So I'll be really interested to see how that plays and maybe how your docks play. Yeah. It'll, um, it's going to be, it's going to be, several different things that go on but you know i'm, I'm gonna bank on some grass and i'm gonna bank on some dogs see what happens all right now as far as when you uh you know when you sort of started fishing the tour this year what was what was your goal because you you had already you'd already wrapped up making the forestwood cup was it just rookie of the year was it a check in every event what was that mainly rookie of the year along with making a check in every event you know just cashing a check I'm looking into next year so every check that I can cash is money in my pocket for next year um, basically coming off that Rayback championship which paid for this year so <clears throat> if I can make make a check in every event this year it'll pay for next year you know and, and so on do it so again forth. and yeah and just keep and going there you go so that was those were my main two goals and so far everything's going perfect all right. What's it been like uh, fishing on tour this year? Because you kind of, you know, you fished in college, had a really good career there. Then you fished uh, some BFL, some Ray of Action. You had a lot of success, but I think, you know, looking at your, looking at, like, particularly your Ray of Back results, you wouldn't say, man, he's going to be awesome at this. You'd say, well, he did well. He's qualified to fish the tour. We'll see. So, What's the transition been like? You said you feel like you've gotten a little bit lucky, but have you uh, been learning a lot at every event, or have you kind of been able to come in and feel like you're prepared for every new challenge? Uh, I've learned a lot, no doubt, at each event, mainly because the places that we've went I've never been to before, and I've had conditions that are just just off the wall and random each place we've went, from extreme cold to, to, to heat. Um, that being said a lot of the stuff that I do and I'm confident in I've been able to to put in play um, in some of those situations so it's kind of both I mean I'm definitely learning a lot no doubt and everybody I talk to you know that I'm making friends with and that kind of stuff sharing info that helps and you know all right so you've been kind of able to adapt your preferred fishing style which is usually getting up shallow to most of the places you've gone to, at least a little bit. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be the 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 tough one here for sure. Potomac will be fun, but this is going to be the one that it challenges you the most, probably. <laughs> it's going to be tough. All right. Now, for the Potomac, have you been there before? Uh, do you have experience fishing tidal rivers, or is it just you're going to go and you know how to fish shallow? I'm going to go and know how to fish shallow. I've never been there before. Mm. I don't really know what to expect. I don't even know how far I can run. So I'm going to fill my boat up and drive as far as I can drive. All right. Well, you're probably going to want to drive inland because if you go out <laughs> to sea, uh, well, there's a lot fewer bass out there is what I hear. 
maybe yeah, some stripers. Yeah, but, but I might get to hook into something that'll pull my boat around for a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I guess as far as the cup goes, because you're you're already in it. We don't have to talk about well, will you will you make it? Will you not? Um, do you have experience on Wachita? Are you, have you practiced at all for that event this year? I've got a little bit of knowledge of Wachita, and I plan on putting in some good practice time well before the the event. So I'm going to do my work. All right. Now, last time we were there, it got one sort of offshore, you know, by Scott Martin. He had some sort of some deeper fish found. But almost the, almost the whole rest of the top ten, or at least top five, were catching their fish shallow, you know, targeting those wolf packs and stuff like that. Do you feel like that's a lake where you, in theory, should be able to find a shallow pattern, or is it just a matter of you're going to put in your time and maybe do something like you did at Ufala where you've got some offshore stuff to go to? Yeah, it's going to be real similar to Ufala for me. There's going to be brush piles that I'll be fishing, and there'll be some shallow stuff that I'll go to at the same time so it's going to be a run and gun game for me what i like to do and you know i might have to sit on some brush piles for a little bit but all right well uh i like it so far i mean man it's been a really incredible year so i'm looking forward to this one i'm looking forward to the potomac and of course seeing what happens at the cup for you so thanks for stopping by and good luck out there thanks all right, and now we're joined with Andy Morgan, two-time reigning angler of the year. And we're in your hometown, man. How's it feel? Man, it feels good. I love to sleep in my own bed. <laughs> and this, of course, this was the site of the first angler of the year trophy you won. Yes, it was. Which had to be probably one of the coolest experiences you've had in your fishing career. Probably the coolest, yes. I mean, because I remember when we got to Walmart on that final day and, and they gave you the trophy, I mean... You couldn't hardly stand anywhere in that. I don't even think people could get into Walmart. There no, were so I, many people. No, the, I, I remember the traffic was backed up over a mile either direction of Walmart down yeah. the south. That's the largest crowd I've ever seen, and I've been in uh, uh, lots of FLW tournaments. Biggest I've ever seen. That was cool. So mm-hmm. now we come forward a couple of years, mm-hmm. and we're back here. Uh, you know, you're having you're having a pretty solid season, uh, and I say that because I feel like I haven't seen Andy Morgan in second or third like every tournament. <laughs> yeah, that's Basically true. Basically coming off times. last year's, you know, amazing season. Yeah, yeah, it's been good. The last but, couple of years have been extraordinary. But the thing I want to know, first of all, because we've talked to a bunch of guys from, from our pre-tournament videos. We've talked to Wesley. We've talked to Neil a little bit, not in the video, but just kind of, you know, the other Dayton local Chickamauga guys. But I kind of yeah. want to hear from you because, you know, you're that you're that shallow guy, right? Like no one really expects, you know, Andy Morgan, the offshore ledge kind of guy. So – from, from your opinion, what's the lake setting up like right now? Well, like you said, I, I'm a shallow guy. I like to fish the bank. I like to fish shallow. I, I like to fish out of the way more than mm-hmm. anything. Uh, and this deep water stuff really doesn't turn my crank that much. <laughs> it's not my game by any means. But, yeah, we're on Chickamauga. We're on the Tennessee River. There's going to be a lot of fish caught both ways. But the, the race will be won on the ledges, there's no doubt. And kind of the way it's setting up for me, from what I've seen, it's going to be tough to keep up shallow. That's not going to be a, a, a easy deal. Okay. And the other thing um, that I've heard a lot of guys complaining about is the lack of current. Mm-hmm. Now there's a, I believe it's on Nickajack, right? Yes. The, what's it called? Riverfest? River, River Bend. River Bend, yes. yeah. And that's kind of the reason they're not pulling a lot of water this week, correct? Uh-huh. Uh, so 
do you think, I mean, will that kind of, granted, there's still, there's a lot of big fish offshore. Guys are going to find them, but it does get so crowded out there. Do you think that could give an edge to any of you guys up shallow? You know, no, I I really don't. I mean, they're out there. That's where they're going to move, whether there's current or not. The only thing that current plays, here's what current does. Here's what it does to the fish. It puts them on the structure. It puts them on the bottom where you can catch them. You can pull up and pinpoint them. Mm -hmm. They're still out there, whether it's on or it's off. Sure. They just suspend more. And, you know, they're up in the water column. And these guys that are really good at deep water fishing know how to catch them suspended over that same structure, which I'm not very good at. I mean, you've got, of course, Randy Haynes, Mark Rose, Jason Lambert, uh, yep. Michael Neal. Those guys have, have grown up catching these suspended fish over that deep structure, and they're going to catch them. I mean, there's going to be some big weights, current or no current. They're going to catch them. Okay. Now, how much for you, I mean, because obviously it's got to be hard to come to your home lake and not think a lot about, you know history and i think for you you got to just like as you run down the lake you got to be like oh i remember i caught you know six pounders over there i've caught some big ones over here i mean does do you kind of got to get your mindset different when you yes. go into practice for a big tournament like this yes i, I don't like to over practice it or overthink it I, I i'm wanting to fish this deal just like it's not my home lake i want to fish where i've got bites where i've got the confidence that i can get a bite now mm-hmm. the stuff from long ago it's hard to bypass. I mean, it is. It's every place you run by. I'm not going to run out of places to fish that I have confidence in by, by any means. But you really got to watch that because you can get to fish in those memories. Even if you've got a pretty good bag, you can start running memories and, I mean, go go dead in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's a dangerous game knowing the water too well. And it's uh, <laughs> it, it kind of blows your mind sometimes. You get to overthinking. When you start overthinking, I was like, okay, right, clean slate. Let's just yep. go with what we know, what's happening now at the moment. And uh, just you, you just got to keep that in mind. Now, kind of switching gears from the Chickamauga mindset, but this is the first time – that uh, guys have been able to lock to Nickajack or Watts Bar. Because oh, last yeah. time we were here, you could go to Watts Bar. Uh, no one did. But um, uh, do you have a lot of experience on either of those lakes? Yeah, I do. Uh, they're both really good lakes. And, uh, I mean, they're, they, they should be a factor. I, I know if this was not my home body of water, and I've got enough kind of the out-of-the-way places. I mean, there's going to be people fishing around, don't get me wrong. But i got enough out-of-the-way places I can, I can move around mm-hmm. and fish free. If this was not my home water, I would probably lock just to get out of the crowd because the crowd's not my sure. deal. And, uh, you know, Nick and Jack, I know Kerry Milner caught like a 25-pound stringer, $1 American. Yep. That's the same time we were here in 13. Mm-hmm. Big stringer, 25 pounds is oh, 25 yeah. pounds, don't matter what side of the dam it is. And Watts Bar, it's going to spit out some, you know, 16 to 20, 21-pound stringers. It's a good fishery. It's not around a major city. It does not get the pressure that Chickamauga or Nick and Jack get. So, you know. That's a, kind of the sleeping giant there. Okay, and, and the, I feel like the other thing we haven't touched on this week, and you can probably enlighten us on it, from where we take off at the Dayton Boat Dock, if, if I was going to run to Watts Bar and lock through, how 19, much time am I going to eat up? 19 miles to the dam. I've done it many times. Okay. Uh, and you got, uh, you know, barge traffic you got to consider, but the lock time there is not that long. If he's okay. ready for you, when you get there, he's going to get you up and fishing pretty quick. Oh, all right. So it's not that big a factor. Now, Nickajack, on the other hand, that's a pretty good run from Dayton. It's going to take you a little time in the same deal. But here's what you got to consider at Nickajack is River Bend. Yeah. Uh, those big boats are locking through constantly to get to downtown Chattanooga. Yep. That's going to be a little bit of a factor. Even Watts Bar Lock could get a little jammed with the traffic coming out of Knoxville. Oh, so okay, So you just sure. got to, you know, you're going to have to play that safe and probably uh, – if I was locking back through, I might run to the locks 45 minutes early just to make sure I didn't sure. get caught behind a cruiser and it takes a while to get those guys down. Now, in your mind, 
do you think we'll see anyone that comes out of these other lakes in the top 20 yes. this week? Yes, How about we should. the top 10? No, okay. I don't think so. I, I don't think if you lock out, man, you're locking out of one of the best bass lakes in the country. That's and, true. It, and it's early June, and they're going to buy it. If you lock out of here, I mean, you've kind of shot yourself in the foot on, on trying to win. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're probably not going to win. All right. Well, I think um, that's a pretty good preview for Chickamauga. So now let's let's flip gears and let's talk about Potomac a little bit. Okay. Because we're coming in right after this one. We got like a week off, and then right. boom, we got the Potomac. Right. So how do you feel about that fishery and, and the title aspect of it? Man, I, I've called them at the Potomac. I've done good and really bad. I mean, it's kind of every other time I go, you know, it's good or it's bad. I mean, it's uh, it, it, it's kind of nerve-wracking because I, I understand they've had a fish kill. Mm-hmm. Fishing's not near as good as it was. It was always one of my, um, I guess I wouldn't say it's my favorite place to go, but it was always a good fishery and it was enjoyable to fish because you got a lot of bass and caught a lot of bass in oh, the yeah. day usually. Uh, now I'm kind of skeptical about how good it's actually going to be. And it's really going to mix up the points race because I don't think there's anybody here that's just dominant there. I mean, Jacob Parazin is gone, but you still have Dudley. He's yep. still here and he's going to catch him, obviously. It don't matter if it's eight pounds to win or 28, he's going to catch him there. Uh, I think that's going to be the, the real mixer, especially in this AOI deal. Okay. And I, I got to agree with you there because you're right. Like, coming into the, the events beforehand, you know, like you could look at Wesley and be like, well, I mean, he's got a good chance. Absolutely. Obviously, Chickamauga, Absolutely. but even like Beaver, you could kind of make a case for some of those top guys there. Right. And the Potomac is kind of that big monkey wrench. There's not a lot of points really separating those top guys no. currently. And after this event especially, I think it might even be even tighter. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, with the likes that you got Thrift, Strader, you're in there, Zach Burge. I mean, it's it's a pretty action-packed group <laughs> that, that kind of excels in the same type of fishery. You yes. know, like that shallow. A lot of these guys are real good shallow. So it'll be cool to watch how that one pans out. Um, the other thing I kind of want to know is uh, how many people, because I know last time we were here, you had like a whole crew of people staying at your house, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you still got a whole pile of people? We, yeah, we've got every bedroom full and the floor. <laughs> I mean, we, yeah, we're loaded. <laughs> we've had a good time. We've ate good all week, joked around. We've had a good time. And, you know, all these tournaments, you know, I got Ryan Thrift, Ramey Colson, Johnny Douglas, Hoyt Tidwell. We're all staying there. We have a good time at every tournament we go to. You know, and, and that's the thing that really keeps me fishing FLW and keeps me loving to competitive bass fish is the camaraderie. Oh, yeah. You know, I love to fish bass tournaments, and honestly, I don't fish that much. I fish <laughs> tournaments because that's what I like. It's enjoyable to me, and I, and I make money at it. So, uh, you know, it's the camaraderie that, that really keeps me keeps me rolling. It's a good time. And, and a lot of these guys, because, you know, on that on that page of not really fishing that much, because basically after the Forestwood Cup, I mean, you're normally heading west to go bow hunt for yes. the hit list, right? Yes. For your TV show? Yes. And that's kind of your mindset from basically when do you put the bow <laughs> back up? You know, I, I've got where I don't even put it up anymore. I shoot it. I'm going to shoot it when I get home here in just a few minutes. Uh, <laughs> I, I try to shoot every day. It's just kind of a relaxing deal to me. I love to shoot my, my new breed bow. And, I, and ever since I got hooked up with those guys at new breed, I've shot almost, you know, I'll shoot at least three times a week. When I'm home, I'll shoot pretty much every day. Okay. So it averages out probably three or four times a week throughout the year. Uh, it's just something that I that I really love to do, and that's uh, hunting side of things. I, I guess I, I'm probably more passionate about that than I am the fishing side, mm-hmm. just because I can fish anytime, 365. Living in Tennessee, you can sure. always fish. It yep. never gets all that cold or whatever. You can fish, but hunting's limited. Yep. You know, you got a hunting season. You need to hunt in those dates or you're going to get in trouble. 
So uh, when it's hunting season, I hunt every day. Either I'm hunting, scouting, putting up tree stands, running trail cameras. I do something every day toward hunting when it's time, and that's after the force wood cut. Do you ever take your bow with you on the road to shoot a little, or to kind of like, I mean, say you have a, a bad day, which I feel like doesn't normally happen for Andy Morgan oh, on does. the water. <laughs> but, I mean, you get done, do you travel with your bow and shoot a little too just to kind of like, get your mind off of the water i do i do uh, especially around the forcewood cup i take it and shoot every afternoon when i'm practicing for the cup oh okay. i mean it's just it's just a good release man it get, gets my mind somewhere else and i was telling thrift earlier today i mean thrift and brian new they've got all their equipment dude and it is like immaculate they got everything put up in the proper place it looks <laughs> i mean like cool i'm like how in the world did you have the time to do this but I told him, I said, man, I can't think about fishing all the time. The more I think about it, the worse I do. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just really, I mean, everybody always says, oh, you don't fly by the seat of your pants. I do. I mean, I might have a rusted <laughs> hook on. I've tied a rusted hook on tomorrow. I'm sure I have. I mean, I, <laughs> I pick up stuff out of the floor and fish with it. I keep it as simple as possible and just just fish. It's it, it's not that hard. I, like I said, a fish eats a worm. He's not yeah. that smart. We can complicate it sometimes. <laughs> Well, well, Andy, I appreciate you taking time to stop by here. Before I let you go, um, anywhere fans can follow you, um, whether it's through this tournament or through the rest of the season. Yeah, I've got a Facebook page you can follow on there, and I'm not the best at posting stuff on Facebook, I know. I'm just kind of old country, but I do. My wife posts some stuff for me. I send pictures and, and write the quotes, and she fires yeah. it on Facebook <laughs> for me. I'm not that handy with, with, with the computer or whatnot, but uh, you can follow me on Facebook, and I have a web you can hit. And uh, you can follow us on there. I usually try to give some pretty good information, especially when everything starts to wind down and I have a little more time. Yep. We're so busy with the hunting, show, and fishing, I don't post as good as I should, but I, I'm getting a little better at it. So follow me there on Facebook. Well, and for, for people listening, don't forget to check out the hit list too because I am not a bow hunter, but I love that show. <laughs> you and Swindle, I think you guys, even when you guys aren't hunting or you know, you're just doing those <laughs> the interview segments, you guys are hilarious, and it is an awesome watch. Jody chime in yeah so andy i want to put you on the spot here sure you're sitting i think 10th or 8th in the aoy you're right in there what are the odds that you actually win this thing well i mean, I mean you're not out of it no no i'm not out of it I, but i know realistically going in i gotta make the top 10 in these next two chickamauga this one and the potomac you know you make the top 10 you kind of put the pressure on everybody else mm-hmm. you know that's a good place to be i know you know i've been leading it the last couple of years going in the last term and that's a lot of pressure you just got to really be careful not let that get to you and I, and I hope Wesley don't let that get to him. I like, I'd love to see Wesley win, but yep. I'm going to try. I mean, I'm going to try to make the top ten. I'm going to try to win both tournaments. And, you know, you can just let the chips fall as they may. <laughs> well, thank you, Andy. Good luck to you this week. And uh, can't wait to see how it shakes out come Sunday. All right, man. Thank you very much. All right. We're back. I'm not sure what we said we were going to talk about first. I think it's the James River. So, I guess first of all, let's get at, let's let's get the James River Rayback Rumble out of the way, which we yep. finally did. You, uh, first of all, you and I both did awesome. We did, we crushed it, <laughs> and you did you did real awesome. Uh, so you picked Joe Wood, who finished twenty eighth, mm-hmm. Glenn Brown, who finished ninth, and the eventual winner Corey Johnston, which... everyone's second favorite Canadian, as you guys see, for a total of twelve point six. So that's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, pretty good. Not a new record. Uh, but good, mm-hmm. nonetheless. I did, yeah. I did pretty good too. I picked Dave Lefebvre, who finished second. Yep. Kelly Pratt, who finished third. Third. Led going into the <laughs> final day. Uh, and then my backup, because Avina didn't fish. And my backup, I hate. 
I'm going to complain here, give myself an excuse, be like, sure, okay. I almost picked Moro with my backup. Oh, I was this man. close to picking Moro. <laughs> uh, I picked uh, Jess Caraballo, Bio, whatever. We haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> uh, he finished 46th. So couldn't quite live up to Joe Wood. Bumped me down to 17. Man. Uh, Think about it. If you would have had Moro on your team. I would have set a new record. You would have. Sure. I would have had like a top. I would have had. I would average like three <laughs> or four or something like that. It, yeah. No, it would have been insane. And gosh, the opportunity was there because the way it set up where I could take Lefebvre and then you let me have Pratt. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I feel like those two picks, in theory, if you hadn't done so well, <laughs> I should have been able to pick whoever I wanted to third pick. Oh, and yeah. Got to win. And this way, I mean, Jess didn't do so bad, but gosh, Mm-mm. the chance to have in the top 10. I don't think that's been done before. So close. Anyhow, as far as the actual fishing goes, Corey Johnston from Cavan, Ontario, he won. He caught 10-9 the first day, 18-7 the second day, 17-14 the third day, total of 46 pounds, 14 ounces. Only 14 bass, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say, day one, he didn't have a limit? Yeah, he was the only guy in the top 10 not to catch a limit every day. And he was the guy who won, (laughs) which that's not usually how it goes. No. But he caught big bags the last two days, flipping a jig on that inside pad line in the thick stuff. Um, Took home uh, 31,000 and change plus a new Ranger. Pretty impressive win for for our Canadian boy. Any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I never, I thought he would do well. Like I figured... He always expecting to do well. Yeah, I figured like a I top pick, 20. Yeah, I wouldn't say he was going to win. No, not not even a, a chance. But I think it's cool because it kind of proves, you know, we've seen the Johnson brothers uh, do well everywhere. pretty much everywhere the Northern Division goes. Yeah. But, and they've, done, they've had some good finishes in the, on the Potomac, on the James. You know, yeah. it's, not like they've, it's not like he'd never been there before or anything like that. No, but the James is probably the one venue that the Northern Division goes to that I feel like if they were going to have the worst tournament, yes, it would be there. I mean, you would expect him to, them to contend to win on Champlain yeah. and on Erie. Yep. Both of those are ones where you can kind of, I feel like book at least one of the Jonathan brothers Absolutely. is going to be in the top ten. Basically, if there's a smallmouth around, like they're going to do really, really, really well. Yeah, Smith Mountain, mind, keep, another one? Yeah, keep in mind, though, I think uh, last year, one of the Johnstons finished top ten. Mm-hmm. He was making the run to tie. Yes. On Champlain. He was yep. catching smallmouth, or largemouth. Yeah, I don't want to corner them as, as smallmouth guys, but they just... They're just real good. Yeah, they are. Um, fish the tour, Johnstons, if you're listening. Come on. Come on. <laughs> We're waiting we, on we it. We want, just like we have the uh, Tennessee Three with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, our Wesley, uh, Morgan, and, of course, Neil. Michael Neal. Yep. I want uh, the Canadian something. The Canadian triple. I don't really know. We'll come up with a better name. Maybe there's... <laughs> what is three in French? Plois? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like... It doesn't, doesn't have the same ring to it. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I'm right, though. I don't know. Here's I never thing. took any French. No, me neither. None. Neither of those three guys, though, are from... They're from Ontario. They're not from... They're not French Canadians. So. Yeah, so we don't got to worry about that. Probably doesn't work as well. No. Is Canadian a different language, or is that... Canadian? English? <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll, I don't know, we'll work on our nickname, but we want them on tour. We want them uh, 
dueling accents with Gussie. Yep. So a couple things that sort of impressed me that I was interested in. I guess, first of all, Troy Morrow, he top 10, finished fifth, finishing fifth. Mm-hmm. He'd never been to the James River before. Yeah, very surprised to see him in the he was roster. Kinda, he was kind of fishing there to prepare for the Potomac, was what he said. He said he, there were two reasons. He was fishing there because he wanted to get a little more experience on tides. He was also fishing there because he wants to try and make a cup the year ahead of time. He wants to make it to the Rayback Championship. Yep. And for him, he feels like that Northern Division is the way to do it. Get in the championship, go to Paducah, go to the Ohio River, catching some hogs, get it. Get into the cup a year early. Yep. Which a lot of guys are doing. It makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. So you got that. The other thing that I learned that I thought was kind of interesting, and it, it it makes sense. I just probably hadn't thought about it. I'm not sure who it was who said it, but it was in the top 10 pattern story. One of the guys who said, you know, the nice thing about fishing a tidal water is you can always go behind somebody and feel confident you're going to catch a mm-hmm. fish because there's the water's always changing. It's never the same. It's rising or falling, and fish are moving in or out. Yep. And that was, that to me, first off, it gives me confidence as far as on the Potomac when we go there and you have to do on-the-water coverage. You could, you know, you can watch a guy go down a bank, him not catch any, but then here comes Scott Martin going down that bank. All of a sudden, you're like, well, maybe he's going to catch some because yep. he's on it at the right time. Mm-hmm. So there was, that was definitely something that really was interesting to me and made me think a little bit. I like bit. that quote. Yeah. Uh, I should probably figure out who said it and correct yeah. them, but, you know, it was a uh, well done to whoever said that. Mm-hmm. I, think it's, I think that's very interesting. Um, other than that, man, I thought Kelly Pratt was going to win. Oh, I figured man. for sure. He's got enough spots. Like, there's stories of him, you know, pulling up to, like, a certain stump on the river, making three casts, catching three fish back-to-back, and then not making a fourth cast because he knows only three live there. <laughs> you know, there's... He's that kind of legend on the river, just like yep. uh, kind of like maybe Andy Morgan is around here on Chickamauga. Sure. So, I don't know. I, I thought he had. I thought he had it, especially you know the way his weights were going. He, 16, 17. I didn't expect him to only catch twelve and change on the final day. But it was a tight tournament. It was a good tournament. I mean, the top four all had between forty six pounds and forty six between forty six two to forty six fourteen. So, like, that's Stacked. close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's fun when you get a tournament like that. They also got a lot of rain. A ton of rain. Oh, on the first day. The second right. and third day, I don't feel like it didn't rain as much. The first day, it rained all day, mm-hmm. from what I can tell. It looked miserable. But guys were catching them. Yeah. Kind of glad I wasn't covering it after the first day. I'm like, well, I could be out in the rain. Yeah. Or. <laughs> I think it's supposed to rain at Chickamauga. Yeah. We shouldn't. Don't say that too loud. Because okay. it might actually it's not, it's not gonna rain. Nah, it'll be fine. Uh anyhow. I guess next subject. Chickamauga. We're here. Yep. What uh, uh first off, what do you see for a winning weight? Ooh, man. You know Because we've heard from a lot of different guys sort of like, eh, it's fishing tough, it's not fishing tough, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. What are you thinking? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say ninety pounds. I'm going big. You are going big. Yeah. I'm gonna go. I hate to be less optimistic than you is the problem. <laughs> Man, I'm going to go 87. Okay. I just, from, I mean, look, guys always say practice was bad. Yeah. It's guaranteed. 
but I've heard enough guys say that, oh, they're not setting up the way they want to. Mm-hmm. That I think it might be, even when they do set up those places, there might be two or three guys on them. Yep. I think it might be tough, uh, at least the first two days, for someone to be consistent. Now, maybe the last two days when it thins out a little bit, maybe it happens. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting because with them not pulling as much current this week, like last time we were here, I think it was a really good morning bite. Mm-hmm. And this time, you know, a lot of guys have been saying they haven't really been catching them in the morning, which then means if it's an afternoon thing, the first two days you have the entire field out there fishing. Then Saturday, Sunday, you don't have as many guys in the tournament. However, you have lots of local anglers and a lot of boat traffic. Yeah. So these guys are going to have, I mean, they're, they're never really going to have anything to themselves, you know, with like peace and quiet. It's going to be, they're going to be busy all week. But, you know, if, the, if it is kind of a later bite, I think, I don't know, I feel like the guys that do have some of those deeper ledge stuff, they're still going to catch some giant freaks of nature's yeah. off of those ledges. I mean, look, we've seen at least one 10-pounder get caught already. Yeah. Matt Stephan caught a 10. Mm-hmm. There's big ones all over this lake. It's an incredible place to fish. And most everyone that I talked to at registration today had some story of one, like, over seven. That they, that they saw, saw or, or caught, caught or, or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's going to be... It's going to be kind of fun just from that aspect. I mm-hmm. think we're going to see some huge fish. Whether somebody can put three or four of them together in a sure, bag sure. to really get a big bag versus to get a 17-pound bag with a giant, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I'll be interested to see how that finds out. Me too. Um, do you think anyone you think anyone makes the top 10 fish in shallow? Oh, yeah. How many? Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to say four guys. I was going to say three. Now, when we say shallow, are we talking, like, up near the bank? Like, not not out on the river? Because, like, on the yeah, lower okay, part of the so lake, you can read, get out on some yeah, of that grass. Let's, let's say not offshore. Does that, okay. Does that work better? I like that. Which is kind of what For I was thinking fish, anyway. Fish, basically fish that they didn't graph. Yeah, okay. I'm going to go on four guys. All right. I'm going to go three. Okay. Um, obviously, that could change. But I'm going three. Um. Anybody make the top 20 out of Nickajack or Watts Bar? I feel like someone will. I, I just, to me, and I know, like, it's Chickamauga, and there's super giants in it, and there's lots of them, and it's a really great lake. But, man, when you start, like, if you're thinking about it, and you and I kind of talked about this the other day, like, if, if I'm coming here to fish this tournament, and I know, like, let's say, like, I'm not a big offshore guy, right? Yeah. So I'm not going to go mess around offshore with the likes of, of all the other guys that are out there. The Plus, Lamberts, the Haynes, the Roses. Yeah, and there's not a lot of that stuff. Now, if it was Kentucky Lake or, you know, a huge lake yeah, where you that can has spread a lot out. of options. Or if the schools were big. Yeah, like you can if get there's a lot there. of fish, sure. Yeah. I just, I don't know how someone didn't think, man, I'm going to Watts Bar. I'm going to catch me 15, 16, 17 pounds a day and do good. Or I'm and going to Nickajack. If you go to Watts Bar and catch 18 pounds a day, have two good days on Watts Bar, fishing alone, yep. basically. Mm-hmm. You're probably making the top 20. Heck yeah. 18 a day makes the top 20. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, and I think that's really doable for somebody to string a couple good days together. Yeah, and it's not that far of a run from the Dayton boat dock up to Watts Bar. Yeah. Now, Nicky Jack is a little different story. I'd be kind of surprised if someone came I think you might see somebody there. fish Nicky Jack and Chickamauga. 
Yeah, like you I start down there and then work start, your way back up. Yeah, you go, or you fish a few things in Chickamauga, maybe hit a couple of your prime areas, catch some fish off of them, maybe mm-hmm. catch a big fish or two, and then go and try and maybe get a few upgrades or uh, just fill a limit down yeah. in Nickajack or something like that. It, it, or if somebody really is confident that it's an afternoon bite, maybe they go start the morning sure. in Nickajack and then at 12 o'clock, Lock through, go try and get on their juice. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'll be curious to see sort of how that plays out. But I think we both agree we haven't like because we went on a tour. We we checked some boat ramps on Watts Bar, went down to Nick and Jack. Didn't see anyone yesterday on the final day of practice at any of those ramps. Now it doesn't mean no one's going to fish there, but I think we feel confident enough we probably won't like cover either one of those lakes on the first day of the tournament. Yeah. Now, I think if somebody's in the top 10 coming out of one of those lakes, then you got to go look at it. We yeah. got to, we'll, we got to, we'll get somebody on it. But I don't, I think it's something where we're going to find out come uh, way in time, whether yep. anyone's down there. Uh, but yeah, so that'll be interesting. Anything else you're curious about? Have Man. in mind? Um, did we want to talk all American? <coughs> I'm dying. Yeah, yeah, no, let's let's talk a little All-American. So, Unless you had more Chickamauga stuff. Well, I've got one other chick. Actually, yeah. One, well, bring it to us. One Chickamauga-related thing. This is not this is not my rules-related question. This is my this is strictly okay. Chickamauga. Right. Is there a new ledge bait that we see come out this week? Is there something that, or is there a dominant bait this week? Because hmm. in the past, you know, last year at Kentucky Lake, it was the big spoon. Yep. Uh, it was kind of really big swim baits at the Kentucky Lake Rayovac. Mm-hmm. Is there something this week that just blows up and we're like, man, this is what you got to be throwing this time of year? Or is it kind of a mix it up or more classic type baits? I think it'll be kind of a more classic type bait. Now, I'd say when Worms, you look back. jigs. Yeah, when heads. you look back at 2013, obviously the A-Rig, big deal. However, Michael Neal was throwing that hair jig, and that was kind of like the first look a lot of people got. You know, and we're like, hey, what the heck is that thing? Mm-hmm. What's this big white thing the guy's chucking around? around? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so maybe some variations of a hair jig, yep. like whether it's on like a chatterbait head or like some sort of scrounger head or, you know, some something not just a regular lead head with hair on it Yeah, kind of thing. But I definitely think you'll have to, just because they're not really pulling any current and the fish will be scattered a little more, mm-hmm. I think you'll see like, Guy might catch a six-pounder on a drop shot, and then he'll catch one dragging a worm, and then he'll catch one on a swim bait. And then, you know, like, I think you're going to have to rotate stuff. But I want to – me, I'm going to be keeping an eye out for those variations of hair. Some, like, different type of head or a different way to rig it maybe. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's hair with a big plastic on it. I don't know. I think if I was going to look for something, I think the variations of hair is a good one. I would look for variations of chatterbaits. Ooh. Um They've been really successful. Mm-hmm. Lambert basically throwing a chatterbait in a jerky J. Uh, not a Z-Man chatterbait. It's like a vibrating some other, jig. Yeah, some vibrating kind of, jig yeah. in quotation marks or whatever. Throwing that. Uh, Picasso has the shock blade out. It's a. Mm-hmm. It's got two different blade sizes. They make them from one one ounce, one and a half ounce, and two ounce. I've thrown them a little bit. I've caught a couple fish on them. I think those could be kind of a deal here okay. i think i think we might see uh 
sort of the resurgence of the chatterbait, but really see a lot of guys make it work on the ledges. Because I think it's a bait that if you fish it sort of properly, you can make non-aggressive fish react to it. Yeah. Like if you bring a crankbait real fast into their face, they'll eat it. I think you can kind of do the same thing with, you know, with that chatterbait sometimes. Okay. So that's something I'm thinking about looking at, you know, maybe wondering. Okay. I like it. So uh, next thing to talk about is the All-American. Mm-hmm. It's coming up this week, not this week, next week, yes. on Kentucky Lake, going out of Paris Landing in Tennessee. It's the BFL showdown. All these guys, they got in last year. They're yep. coming to fish it. There's birth in the Forestwood Cup on the line. I mean, in the past, you win the All-American, go to the Cup. Sometimes you do really good at the Cup. Yeah. Also, sometimes you end up being a really good pro fisherman. Mm-hmm. It has catapulted a lot of guys to a to a really good career. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Milner is kind of early on in his career. He won two years ago at Nickajack, mm-hmm. uh, but he's doing pretty well so far. Yep. You know, you've got guys like Robbie Dodson. Uh, Troy Morrow. Morrow. Wheeler. Jacob Wheeler, yeah. Um, plenty, of, plenty of good, you know, big names in this sport mm-hmm. have come. Some of the legends of this sport, as Chris Jones might say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, more in a Chris Jonesy voice than Your that. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know, we've we, we've got a lot to look forward to there. I think I think we're gonna get into it a lot more in depth next week. I'll be at that event. We'll yeah, we'll be a little more dialed in. Yeah, I'll, we'll we'll mm-hmm. interview some of the guys for it. As far as the fishing goes, it should be really good. Yeah. Uh, I think the schools are gonna be on Kentucky Lake. Gonna be a little harder to find than they would have been two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But I think they're still going to be pretty darn good because um, they're getting it. One thing this year, the waters on Kentucky Lake has been, from what I'm told, it's been a little cooler than usual. Okay. So it's starting to warm up, and actually that should make the fishing almost get a little bit better, to a point. So I think the fishing will be good. Um, it's, it's an amazing tournament to fish from everything I've heard. Uh, and, you know, talking to guys who fished it and whatnot. And the All-American on Nickajack was the first FLW tournament I ever worked as oh, yeah. an FLW employee. And it's just a, it's a cool thing. It's one of the more unique things we do. It's, mm-hmm. it's a great, it's a great chance for the weekend angler. Um, so I'm looking forward to that one. Oh, yeah. I like, I like the fact that it shines light on those guys that are really, really good sticks that may not get as much recognition as yeah. they probably deserve. They don't necessarily get the national recognition, yeah. but they're guys who are a threat day in, day out in their region of the country. Yeah. And a lot of times are probably good enough to be, if not a threat on tour, then at least, you know, uh, very competent mm-hmm. on tour. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I think that's a fun one to cover. And we've got, I mean, there's some guys in it, like Bobby Padgett is due to win one of these oh, things. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, talking to Randy Haynes, he's like, man, Bobby Padgett, he's going to win this thing. He likes him. He's like, got him all set up with some Z-Boss 25s. <laughs> he's ready to go. Um, Dustin Vall. Yep. Lives like a minute from me. Spends a ton <laughs> of time on Kentucky Lake. Uh, does pretty well on all our Tuesday nighters. Does he work? He does. Okay. Um, I didn't, I just pictured him out idling around all the time. Here's the thing. I'm not sure he's worked too much the last couple of weeks. <laughs> he's, it's off limits now, but he really prepared for this event. He obviously, he's one of the only guys, maybe the only guy who made four college fishing national championships, won the regional twice, 
for the Central Division, mm-hmm. uh, Central Conference. I mean, he's, he's an interesting. Good. He's an interesting bet going into this event. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. Uh, and then I mean, there there are other guys who I haven't looked at the field list yet, but you know there are plenty of just sticks out there that are going to all descend on Kentucky Lake, mm-hmm. and it's going to be fun. And we'll and, have some fun dissecting that next week too. Yeah. And it's a smaller field. It's I think fifty five. 50? Mm. Right? Or am I totally wrong? I thought, how many make it from the regionals? I think it's 10 from each regional. And there, aren't there five regionals? Uh, that might, yeah. All right, maybe it's something like that. But right, it's, it's not, not a huge... It's, it's not a huge field. Yeah. It's a good field to cover because it's really a true championship event for the BFLs like the Cup is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. It should be fun. Last topic, rules. Oh, yeah. So... I went out, shot a practice guy with Casey Martin the other day. Um, he was throwing a double hair jig. Well, it wasn't a double hair jig. It was a hair jig, you know, a bucktail. And then he had a, uh, I don't know, about a two-foot leader mm-hmm. with a plain hook with hair wrapped on it. You know, basically a fly. And he was throwing that around. Which is legal to do in practice. Apparently not legal to do in a tournament. Um, because it's uh, it's not... It wasn't grandfathered in, basically. There's no A-rig. You can't throw other double bait rigs. You can throw a double fluke or, like, a drop shot and a shaky head. Right. Deal. So, how do you feel about double hair? Well, I think it's super cool. I think it's really dumb that you can't throw it. Like, I don't know why. You could throw a double fluke rig. Like, I got that that's grandfathered in. But you yeah. can't throw this thing? Like, it's the same thing, just with hair instead of flukes. Andy Morgan's against it. Well, we talked to him a little while ago. We he's, did. He's kind of like he's on the. Well, you know, if it's not a jig, then yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it's I not can't a jig or a worm. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, here's I actually I know I'm. <laughs> I am. You know me. I'm the foremost Alabama rig proponent. I'm very <laughs> pro a rig. I'm also pro cr- any other crazy rig. So yeah, I think. I mean difference right i mean i i I don't know i i guess i can't really speak on like if it works well or not but to me like if you're gonna let a double fluke rig roll is it the way it's rigged like what if you rigged it like a double fluke rig where you had like swivel and then a swivel sliding on your main line that the other fluke like if the other hair was attached to that would that be legit i don't think so okay i I think it's you can't copy a double fluke rig but just sub in whatever you want i think so now what about a double Senko rig? Ooh. I think here's what it is. I think it's the fact that it's non-traditional. Because mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the real the part of the rules that really it dials in on, is that it, you can't throw non-traditional type stuff. Yeah. So you can throw your... Uh, you can throw a double fluke rig because people have been doing it for a while. Mm-hmm. You can throw a drop shot in the tube because people have been doing it for a while. This is the first time I've ever heard of a double hair jig. That's true. I think it's it's more, you know, you can't start just throwing oddball stuff. <laughs> now, to me, maybe that stifles innovation. Maybe I like innovation. Well, I, maybe next year the w- rules will be rewritten and they'll be able to throw something like it. You know, right? Because, like, in this day and age, we're going to start seeing stuff like that become, you know, more of uh, more commonplace. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe uh, maybe that maybe that changes. Maybe I don't know. May, I would. I guess here's the thing. The argument for not allowing it, 
for just keeping it one rod, one reel, mm-hmm. one bait, is kind of the same. It's the same argument you would use to argue against the Alabama rig. Yeah. But like, it's just that's the way it should be. It shouldn't. People shouldn't be throwing multiple stuff. Basically, what needs to happen after this season is we need to rewrite the rules with the Andy Morgan clause. And if you can't flip it in a bush, you can't use it. That's pretty much how that would go. Here's the thing. I feel like Randy Haynes would have a beef with that because he couldn't <laughs> flip a Z-Boss 25. Well, I mean, he could. It wouldn't, it wouldn't work out that well, but you could flip it in a bush. You can flip anything in a bush. If you can't flip it in a bush effectively. So now we ruled out crankbaits. We no longer have topwaters for the most part, except for a frog be interesting the andy morgan clause because that's basically kind of what what if we did this and andy morgan might not want to do this kind of work what if you just said (laughs) every bait you throw you have to run by andy morgan ahead of time in the morning you go through boat check and then andy morgan standing standing there looking at your rods (laughs) yep yep you're good Nope. (laughs) i don't like that (laughs) that's what we're gonna do i like it we'll we'll pitch it to him tomorrow morning all right well guys i think uh i think we're in good shape there Kyle, what's uh what's the rundown as far as uh, our email? What's our oh situation yeah, man! There? Don't uh, don't forget if you got any questions, comments, concerns, hit us up at podcast at flwfishing.com. There we go. As far as following things on the uh, on the internet, you've uh, you got me at Jody Blanco mm-hmm. on Instagram, on Twitter. You got Kyle Wood at Kyle Lumber. Booyah. on Instagram. Have you posted anything recently? Uh, not since the smallmouth. No. You're gonna catch. You're gonna take a picture of a ten pounder tomorrow. You're gonna put it up for sure. It's gonna do real well. People love big fish on Instagram. They do. <laughs> uh, you got FLW on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. New circuit breaker baby on the YouTube's. It's check rocking. it out. Um, I think that's about it. I think that's it, guys. We got a fun tournament this week. There's gonna be hogs. Uh, flwfishing.com is going to be a place to be. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Come see us in Dayton. Recognize Kyle. Be like, hey, you're Kyle Wood. You're on the podcast. <laughs> don't recognize me. I don't want any part of that. <laughs> I don't want to be famous. I just want to sit here. Um, and uh, that, that'll do it. Yep. See ya. Sweetness. <laughs>